0: Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, and uh, and happy 2022. Oh my goodness, the new year is upon us. Uh, I took a, a break over the Christmas period for One World One Blood Bowl, but we are back, baby, back with One World One Blood Bowl. One World One Blood Bowl. It's such a catchy name. Everyone says, "What a catchy name it is." Uh, <laughs> episode eight. So welcome to it. Um, I'm never changing that. You do realize it. That's that's that forever now. Uh, I have with me this evening, I am pleased to say, my good friend Colin uh the tournament director of Fumble, is joining us on One World, One Blood Bowl. Uh, we also have, I believe, Corn Knight's uh, partner in crime or, or significant other. I don't know the exact nature of their relationship, but Ethelred and Corn Knight it. do seem to hang around quite a bit. Uh, But certainly one of the notable names from the league scene of Blood Bowl 2 is joining us. And then my my third guest down in the corner next to me is Janinu, who is joining us from Team Malta, um, representing the world of tabletop in our brand new year. And is also hopefully going to talk to us a lot about Euro Bowl, which is one of the real big events in the Blood Bowl calendar, particularly if you're a tabletopper, of course. But there will be spin-off events, I'm sure, all over Fumble and things. Um, And people will be using those rule sets in all sorts of events because people do like to practice with them. Uh, And the rule set, I believe, has just been released. So we're going to have a little look at those and a talk about those. And also just a general talk about Euro Bowl. Um, It's 2022. The COVID years are behind us. Surely everyone is positive and looking forward to a beautiful future. So I'm hoping the episode today is all about New Year, New Opportunities. Hello, hello, hello. And we have some people with us in the chat. Hello, Big Bacon Sani. Hello, Corn Knight. Candle Jack. Dimmy G, of course, always there. Real Malteser, nice to see you in the chat. Uh, I believe we've met a couple of times uh, over Tabletop's events. Uh, and also Garchangel. So here we are. We will kick off, I think, by saying, hello, Bersacasteen. Hello, Colin. Happy New Year, sir. Happy
1: New Year. Um, hope everything's been going well with everyone. Um,
0: 2022,
1: hopefully, it. uh it's a bit better than the last few years have been.
0: Well, I I do want to. I kind of feel like I want to say it can't be worse, can it? But then I've said that before, and it radically got worse in the couple of years after that.
1: Uh, I mean, my personal 2022 is not off to the best start, but you know, gonna happen.
0: Yeah, you've just had a car accident, haven't you? So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was that was
0: a fun uh, thing. Actually, I was supposed to go to my
1: first ever tabletop tournament yesterday, but could not make it because I didn't have transportation. Oh.
0: Well, look, I hope you're feeling all right, and and thank you for joining I us. I feel
1: great. Physically is good. Just, you know, a little bit of added stress.
0: So, as I said, we are in a brand new year, and as well as just, you know, pretending that COVID's over, which we can all heartily do. I think we can all get on board with pretending that's over until, it, it, you know, we look at the news or anything. You were off to a tabletop event. That's exciting. Is that one of your targets for 22?
1: Yeah, that's something I'm trying to uh, get into a little bit. Um, it was about three hours north of me there's apparently quite a few in texas so i should be able to start getting used to it and then i'm going to try to go to jeffro's chaos cup in september
0: that's one of the that's one of the the sort of big ones isn't it that's uh
1: yeah yeah it's run by um jeffro is his name on fumble um good guy and i think it's i don't know the exact size but it is one of the biggest ones in uh north america
0: Excellent. Well, I mean, I, look, I kind of hope that partly what I've been doing for the last year or two, and trying to broaden people's horizons on Blood Bowl, is, uh, is entirely responsible for your conversion to a tabletop player.
1: I'm, I'm willing to give you 100% of the credit.
0: Fantastic. You can take it all. Fantastic. Well, I think that's only fitting. Um, but it is a new year. I mean, there's all sorts kicking off at the moment. We've got the, the new competition we talked about last time, the Cablevision National All-Stars. That's underway. Uh, there's a new chalice season underway on, uh, on Blood Bowl 2. Um, so that's exciting, but but what about Fumble? What are we doing for the new year? What do we got coming up this year? You are in charge of all tournaments, there, is that true?
1: Yeah, I'm. Um, yeah, all of the uh, the official Fumble tournaments, so um, everything but the NAf stuff basically comes under my umbrella. Um, the big thing there is some of like the majors have been on pause for a while as we are waiting on um, redrafting to be implemented to try to. Uh, down some of the craziness the new rules have in right now, where people have you know seven re rolls and all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, at the moment teams can grow up to any size, but does that mean we've got no tournaments on Fumble right now? Are we are we tournamentless?
1: No, we have we have some smaller ones. Uh, the main ones running right now are our Royal Rookie Rumbles, which are for teams that have zero games played. Um, Rolf is the staff member who uh, runs those directly. And I believe we have eight going on right now. So they've been very active. Um, It's one of those where he's been kicking them off on, um, I think he, on Wednesdays, he might be kicking them off right now whenever they get full. Um, But there's pretty much, I mean, just taking a quick look, it looks like we're pretty close to another one ready to kick off as well. So if you... Anyone who decides to enter a team would probably begin a tournament here pretty quickly sometime this week.
0: Yeah, so those are 16-team those are tournaments for brand-new teams, aren't they? So they're not for rookie coaches, they're for rookie teams.
1: Right. I mean, rookie, rookie coaches are welcome. Just know that uh, there are going to be some very, very good coaches who take part um, in almost all of them.
0: Yes, we heard from Gangster about him collecting titles for every race. Um, and I think particularly until the scheduler comes back into the competitive division, I think there's quite a lot of coaches using using the rookie rumbles to get randomly generated matchups, aren't they? Uh, as yeah, well, definitely yeah. chasing titles, but
1: um, Yeah, I mean I I've, I've only managed to enter one just because I've been taking a little bit of a break from Blood Blood said the league, but I'm planning on throwing a, a team in something soon. We'll see what I decide to try.
0: Uh, and what about outside of the uh, of the Royal Rookie Rumbles? Is that is that all we've got to look forward to this year um, or are we hoping to bring
1: bring back other So forwards? currently I've been uh, firing off some fumbled miners about every other month um, I'm actually planning on opening up registration for the next one on Wednesday so that's something to uh, look forward to um, and those are TV limited is what we've always done in the past that's what we're still doing right now that's one of the things that with the new rules once redrafting is in we're going to um, look over and decide if that's the right way to continue to do it but We've had uh, two different times we fired it off, four total tournaments um, and they've all been very fun. There were some great games, some great coaches, won.
0: We saw so when you talk about uh, a TV, Union. when you talk about a TV cap, what sort of level are those coming in at?
1: So the first group of them we capped at 1350 TV because it was pretty shortly after the new rules started. Um, so I didn't want to put it higher and allow people who'd been able to play a lot more games to have a much bigger team than somebody who'd only had a little bit of time. And the last one was 1600 TV. Um, this next one, we're probably going to drop back down to about 1350. Um, we're doing 1350 for now because that's what the redraft cap will be in Fumble once it's implemented.
0: Right. <clears throat> and when the majors come back, I presume they are coming back, are they?
1: They, they will be coming back. think um, as soon as we have redrafting back implemented, uh, they will start coming back um, <coughs> largely on their normal schedule. We might speed one up a little bit if uh, if redrafting comes in at you know a point where it's going to be a little while until the next one.
0: And, and how many of those are you planning on having in a year?
1: And we're going to go back to doing five is the okay. plan. That's what we were doing um before now obviously so... the
0: fumble cup is going to be one that's the that's the the big once a year one on fumble where everyone can just throw in a team there's no restrictions any team gets in as long as they've applied and only one per coach um and we've had before several hundreds of people in that haven't we um what are the other four ones because one of my uh, one of my friends online particularly wants to know whether one of the older formats is going to relive or whether we're sticking with what we had prior to the change any ideas um... on that yet
1: So, yeah, so the the Grotty Little Tournament, which is one that um, has four different groups of qualifiers, that one's definitely coming back. Um, I believe that might be the second oldest one on Fumble.
0: It is definitely. Um,
1: So I know the one that I personally found really interesting that went away um, that I know some people went back is Wheel of Chaos. And that is one I want to try to work back in. It's just such a unique format. Um, and it's unique in a way where it doesn't really, it's not easily metagamed like some of the other ones. So I think it would be fun to get back in. Um, the other two, um, uh, we right now one of the questions is, um, do we want two uh, tournaments that are going to be somewhat mutation-themed?
0: Because there's always been the Warmstone want... Open as another sort of mainstay of the Fumble Majors, isn't there?
1: Yeah, and that one's a fairly straightforward. Um it's, you know, there's there's no difference of qualifiers. It's just kind of everyone gets sorted into a group and uh, you play whoever you get. Um but Gradulo tournament, Wheel of a Sai- Wheel of Chaos, one ones one in for sure. Probably the Ultian Invitational still and the fourth one might be up for decision. We might do some sort of rotation to work in some of the old ones. Um just because they're all fun and unique and um
0: Yes, I mean, the, the the ones that you haven't mentioned, of course, I mean, the Black Cup, uh, I don't think I, I see resurging because that obviously was the equivalent of the Fumble Cup, but just for the black box division. And as that doesn't look like it's going to be a thing, uh, or maybe it is, I mean, perhaps for the scheduler only, perhaps a scheduler only major might be on your mind.
1: Uh, because yeah, that that's would be um, pretty
0: much what the Black Cup did, wasn't it?
1: So that, that is something that I've wanted to think about, is just the difference between the scheduler and open play and possibly having... Some tournaments um, locked behind the scheduler, but at least to start off, that's not something we want to do. Um, It's going to be, you know, kind of see how they go and see if that's something that uh, feels necessary down the road. But we don't want to start off restricting things, especially in the first year when everyone's going to be wanting to uh, get back into the big tournaments.
0: And then we come to the area where I struggle to be objective, of course, because both the Wheel of Chaos and the Crown of Sand were designed by me um but the crown of sand is the best thing ever in the world isn't it
1: um the crown of sand is quite interesting uh, the only real issue with it is once it got opened up to ranked the prize is a little bit too much uh, as i'd know since i won it and i was like this is ridiculous <laughs> but when it was in box it made sense because it carried a negative that in um in box was a big deal because you'd have to play all that claw yeah um, but Crown of Sand I quite like um, as well. That's one of the reasons why I don't really want to uh, leave many of them out because I think they're all interesting. But
0: um, and Just because we've and set also... up for it, um, let me just, uh, as well as talking people through it, show you physically because I can. Um, if we go to my Chrome Capture, and not actually that page, but this one, you will see uh, that's my Fumble home page. Uh, slightly cropped because of what I want to show you later using this same window. Uh, Right up at the top here where it says Game, if you mouse over that, and then you'll see some drop-downs appear underneath, and one of them is Tournaments. If you click on that, you get into the Tournament Selection page. These are the majors, as used to be. The six that were running last time they were sort of active are listed down the left-hand side. And at the bottom are some of the minor tournaments that uh, that has just been talking through. And if you want to get involved with or enter into the Royal Rookie Rumble, you would click that button there under Royal Rookie Rumble where it says Main Tournament Page. It will take you to the main tournament page of the Royal Rookie Rumble. And then if you click on the word Teams, that is where you can apply your team. Uh, any brand new team from the competitive division is currently welcoming the Royal Rookie Rumbles. And you can apply it in there in the next one that starts. Your team will be in it. Against all sorts of people. The reason I'm not clicking that is, as an admin, I would be able to show you everyone that is currently applied, uh, and that doesn't feel like a particularly fair thing to do at this point. Right, let's come away from that window for now. But I did just want to, you know, take the opportunity to, you know, blatantly advertise, but also frankly show off the sort of things that are, you know, are on Fumble, um, because a couple of people that have, have sort of moved to the site a bit more lately have talked about how how tough it can be to find some things. Um, and you know, and that's that's fair comment. I think we should try and respond to that by by helping people out. Come and join Indeed, in the Indeed, I have scene.
2: played quite a lot of games on Fumble, both me and a lot of the Maltese community, and we we weren't aware of um, these tournaments and how to get to it. So, so this is very helpful. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something I'm finding even with One World One Blood Bowl. The question of where do you put information? How do you try and tell people about things in the modern world? I mean, perhaps I need to tweet or TikTok. But um, I don't, and I don't know. Even you pop things up on Facebook, they get instantly lost to me. I have no idea how to search Facebook to find information. I mean, I do blog on, on Fumble, but how many people actually look at those or see those? Are the news pages looked at anymore? The world seems so fractured. I'm not really sure how we get information out there. So whilst we're on that subject, I mean, it's great. That's what I'm trying to do with this, is to unite as much of Blood Bowl together and let us know about the things that are out there. Um, if you enjoy One World, One Blood Bowl, Tell someone about it because I don't know how to, or tell me how to. Uh, as long as it doesn't involve giving money to a Chinese bot factory, I might be down for it. Okay, so anything else from the from the fumble scene? How, how's your Bowl? You say you are taking a break. Are you are you back? Are you are you in love with twenty two and the blood Bowl twenty twenty no. rules? I say the new rules. They're now obviously two years old. That's how dates work.
1: Yeah, so um, I've, I've uh, dabbled some. We started a new North American league that's following the rule book to the letter, um, and it has been awful for me specifically, but overall it's been good. Um, and it's been fun to try to figure things out, try to uh, defend against some of the new things like jump, try to figure out how to manage rerolls when you can use multiple in turn. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, I dropped down to just leagues for a couple months there, just because I needed a little bit. Of a break with how much I was playing, so one or two games a week was more than enough for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm finding, I mean, I'm, I'm desperate for a scheduler to come back in. I find trying to find games in competitive can be quite soul destroying. Uh, I mean, some people are really nice and give me games, but a lot of people just don't want to know. Um, but similarly, I've dropped down to the White Owl League, which I've, I've always been active in, and I'm really enjoying sort of discovering the rules a bit more gradually, actually, than other people are doing. Uh, but feeling my way in there. And I really wanted to manage, you know, a, a team in a league. Um, I've never managed a dwarf team in a league, so I'm, I'm doing that. I won't be doing it forever because everyone's complaining. Uh, and it's probably not fair for me to do it particularly, but but I wanted to do it. I just wanted to take that box in my life, so I am.
1: Um, yeah, I'm trying Kimry in that one, in the one I'm in, which has been, what's well, a challenge. I'm 3-5-3, so yeah. definitely, uh, you know, people, people are giving me their best shots.
0: Well, I, unfortunately, i am o and 0 in the Whitehall League, and the whole league hates me, but what, what can you do? What can you do? Um, Ethel, Ethelred, I don't think we've said hello enough, so hello. Hello. Happy New Year. Hello, How What's are that? you? I'm
3: uh, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, this year started off quite well, because uh, I've avoided COVID, uh, which is quite good. Um, I hope everyone watching has as well. It's not long.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, good luck to us all, particularly in these winter months.
3: Absolutely. Uh, I, for those of, the, those of people won't know who, even who I am, so- um,
0: Yeah, who, who are you? Why have I invited you on?
3: So uh, I'm the sort of unofficial husband of coordinator. I want to make it official at some point. And basically, we run my the Rock Paper Shotgun League, um, which is a standard progression league. Um, I play in OCC as well, but what I guess I'm most known for is running the largest stunty league in Global 2 on PC, and also the new new season, season seven, what, The Priests of Nuffle Invitational, which is also known as the Random Star Play League. I'll put links uh, in Chan. Well, but yeah, so that's they're starting soon, and uh, the kind of sonnets for, for all of those are ending kind of today. So I'm trying to, I'm on here really to, to push those leagues and get people to, uh, to jump up and try them. Um, what's new about them, I guess, for most people is that they are modeled really on the NAF format of a weekend competition in that it's a resurrection, you've got to build a team, you get a random star player. So hopefully for a lot of people, it'll be a, a different way of playing football other than CCL or a kind of uh, normal progression league, which most people... So that's, what I, that's why we've always pushed this league because it's a bit different
0: to the others that are, are kind of out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm a known fan of a bit different. Um, I always think if you if you want to get better at Blood Bowl, obviously you need to practice, you need to talk to people, you need to watch, study, all of that good stuff as well. But one of the ways to do it is to really understand the game better, and the more you push out into the other corners of it, it that gives you lots of skills you can bring back to, to other formats. Um, I mean, for example, for the first time I'm in a team competition where there is um, consequences. If you take a casualty, you suffer that casualty. And that changes how you look at the risk profile. But a a resurrection game, I find what it's really added to my game is, is the ability to look at certain situations and say, well, if I didn't care if anyone lived or died through this situation, how would I go about getting it done? And then there are times where... I, I will bring that level of sort of risk management back into things like CCL and find it really pays off. other times it kills the whole team. but I mean i I'm a great believer that you know new year new opportunities try something different. Uh, as you know i've I've dipped into pony for the last couple of seasons and really enjoyed it. Um, what, what's its big sell to you? how do, how should we get the people motivated to sign up to pony?
3: yeah, the big the big sell to me is that it's a, it's a combination of two factors. I think the first one is um, getting a surprise star because every team is built around a star player and the original um, I guess it's 20 well it's not even 2016 it's living rule of six stars I think so there's there's 56 out of those of which I think probably 10 are used on a frequent basis. so the first thing is that you're going to get a star you're probably not familiar with for again a race that you may or may not be familiar with so it's good I think in that regard to, to get you to, to think differently. Um, but the second element is team building as well, because it's a, a set TV. You've got set skills, so, um, you know, one, two skills. Well, as many skills as you want per player, I think, but only one double, and it's tiered as well. So, again, there's two elements there. One is the actual pain on the pitch, but the, what a lot of people fun, find fun, and there's a lot of chat in Discord every season, is about theory, like what skills you should pick. You know? And sometimes the star players complement the teams, and sometimes it's... At uh, Stabby Rashnak, Hobgoblin.
0: Oh, oh! By, by Ethelred. Oh, he's back. Is he back? Tel- That's all right. You're back. Oh, sorry. I, I think I dipped out there. You did.
3: Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Chat's asking for the link, so I'm going to put it in. Uh, a bit yeah, shorter. do so. I mean, I'll
0: talk about my last couple of years' experiences. The first year, I took. Um, well, I, I took. I, I was randomly allocated Grashnak Blackhoof. No, it wasn't Ice Pelt Hammer Blow, uh, which Melter had to take a Norse team, and I had to build Norse. Um, and we did all right. We reached the playoffs with those and did all right there too. Um, but it's, yeah, having to suddenly build around a Yeti when anyone that asks me, I will tell you, build a your Norse team without a Yeti, it's better. Um was really, really interesting. And then last season, uh, Eliod, who is toxic and hateful, uh, traded in Hawkon Heartripper uh, to get himself Zara the Slayer. And I traded in um, a terrible, terrible star... Uh, and got Hawk on Heart Ripper. So I had to build a Dark Elf team with one of the most useless stars on the rule set. And that was really challenging and interesting, and actually quite fun to coach to try and find the games where I could get use out of him. And the games where I thought, you know what, you're riding the bench here because you're too much of a liability. Um, and one game or two games, he was really, really not terrible. Um, <laughs> which surprised me because. I expected him to be completely terrible in every game uh, because he is so, so very, very bad. Uh, but I only know about Pony. I've had a lot of fun with it. So last season I invited a few mates in and we had uh, we had some big streamers in, the likes of Eliod did join us uh, and Dimmy G uh, once of this very show and I believe in the chat with us this evening. Uh, and I think they all had a good time as well. What's this other one you're running? Is that similarly fun? Is that going to tempt me? Yeah, well, Yeah, the other one
3: is just a standard uh, progression it's just our standard rock paper. League. It's a ten-day, not exactly the same format as um, all the majors, really. A ten-day Um We've got about about 25, 30 coaches. Uh, it, three tiers again, five five days, uh, five match day seasons, ten-day match days. So it's it's very relaxed. Yeah, it's pretty chill. Um, the other one is stunty. So that is just a, a pure stunty league. What we a, a fit. What what we consider stunty is the five stunty races so it's underworld without rats, uh flings ogres and um goblins and then lizards without sauruses as well sawmine, you see.
0: Huh.
3: and again yeah, it's a lot of fun you know it's the biggest one in Blood Bowl 2. we did have well, i think in the past we've had up to like 25 30 stunty, uh for insanity and then we've we got 12 but again if people want to if that floats your boat, then yeah, jump on in on Stunty. What, what I will say about Stunty, and um, I've got a great quote from Charlie Banks yes, as well, but what I will say about Stunty is it's so random, there's so much carnage, it, it's a fun league, you can't take yeah. it seriously, just in it for the, the fucking guts, and Charlie Banks is who some of you may know quite well, it's a waste of fucking time, and I really wanted that on the advert, which I'd never made, but yeah, that was... Uh, that's his opinion of it, which, which you know, it is an opinion, of course. But, yeah, if you want just craziness of Blood Bowl, then, yeah.
0: I understand you. Well, it's one of my New Year's resolutions is I need to have some people that aren't particularly good at Blood Bowl onto One World, One Blood Bowl. Um, and I'll get to why that's important to me in a sec. Because talking about that, it's a, it's a complete waste of time. Isn't that what games are supposed to be? Are we supposed to just enjoy ourselves whilst wasting our time? Isn't it there to make us feel things and to fill in the emptier moments of our day with something that's a waste of time, but an enjoyable waste of time. Um, so yeah, play more. And yes, someone said to me, Oh yeah, one world, one blood bowl, that's great. You've had, you know, only really, really good people on. And I haven't. A, a couple of people we've had on have been terrible at Blood Bowl. Um, but they've got opinions, they've got things to say, that they're they're interested and passionate about Blood Bowl. And really to me that's that's the bar I want people to leap over. Not that they're elite coaches. I don't even necessarily know what that means. Um, now, that's something I've really enjoyed about the Rock, Paper, Shotgun sort of environment, is that it does seem that you guys are in it to have a laugh, to have some fun, to be gaming. not. I mean, people try hard, but not try-harding. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it comes from the fact that, one, we're sort of set up from the Rock, Paper, Shotgun magazine, which is a, a very irreverent gaming magazine, or was. It's got a bit more corporate fairly recently. But but certainly comes from the sort of uh, – and, again – English people in their 40s will know what I'm talking about when I'm saying your Sinclair and sort of Amiga Power and that kind of line it's come from. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, taking that attitude forward into the league, it's just, yeah, it's meant to be fun primarily. Yes, you can play, and people do play to win, but it's meant to be a fun environment as well, which, you know, doesn't, doesn't always come through in some of the some of the other leagues, but, uh, you know, there's always an element there. We, we're trying to have a sense of community and a sense of fun. And just don't really be silly, because ultimately, I think Blood Bowl
0: is a silly game. Is, um, isn't it just? Absolutely. Um, we should never lose sight of that, despite how competitive we try and make it. And, you know, people loved having Gagster and Purple Goo on, two of the most competitive people on earth and definitely more competitive than I am. Um, but it's, it's a beer and Skittles game designed in a pub by drunken 20-somethings watching the highlights of American football and not understanding what they were seeing. Uh, and turning that into a ridiculous game using elves and orcs and chainsaws. How you can take that overly seriously if you accept the sentence I've just said, I, I find incredible. But people do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, any any game where there's chainsaws, I mean, that's just fun straight away, isn't it? You know, I mean, they're they're generally terrible and they're not going to do anything. But I'm sure we've all been on the receiving end of uh, a chainsaw that's played a blinder and taken up half our team and killed everyone and. And you're thinking, what the
0: hell just happened? The last, last Blood Bowl. Um, look, so we've had uh, twenty Phoenix say that he uh, he kicked off, I think, in the RPS. That was his first league. Um, yeah. yeah. Come on, Blood come on wonderful. back. I mean, they're lovely people there. It's for people that just grind all the time in one format of Blood Bowl. I think my message to them is is bring the joy back into your life. Find a different way of playing Blood Bowl, and you might find that it's less stressful. That it's a different experience, and that it feels different, and really revitalises you, like a nice whiskey and bourbon. Um, okay, so how's your twenty-two looking? Uh, Corn Knight dropped in the chat earlier, and I registered it, though ignored him at the time. That you're also looking to debut on tabletop.
3: Yeah, I'm really, I'm really quite excited to be honest. My it's my first tabletop game since a, a quick demonstration game in Games Workshop Newcastle in 1995. I'm really looking forward to it. It's the UK uh, BBL event that's on this weekend. It's um, Well, next weekend now, so it's on in Derby. Um, and to, to prove I'm not taking it seriously, although obviously I do think I'm going to win the whole bloody thing, Of course. I'm taking um, fouling pro elves. Uh, that's my strategy. I've been trying to talk, uh, people have tried to talk me out of it, but that's what I'm sticking with. And that's what made it. No. I don't know why Knight's watching this because he should be painting my team ready for next week. you <laughs> um, better get better, better get on and do with
0: that as well. Look, I I don't want to get between whatever the two of you have going. Um, you know, I'm just going to leave you to it. But I have people that paint teams for me, so I absolutely get that. I I love playing on real life, but I, you know, there's no way I could put the the little paint details in. Yeah. It would be about. I've, I've got
3: three kids. Do you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to find time to paint. Knight
0: doesn't have one, so. <laughs> So is that what you do? You just go, who's got the least kids? Right, you do the painting.
3: That's exactly it. That's how it should work with everything.
0: So we have been sort of circling around tabletop, it would seem, throughout throughout this episode. And I'm thrilled to say that we actually have, as he unmutes, realising that I'm coming to him, oh, yes, (laughs) you can spot a segue when I'm midway through it, as we actually have the delightful, I am pleased to say, Janinu. Here from uh, Delegation Malta. Hello, good evening.
2: Good evening to you. Good evening to everyone And One World, One Blood Bone.
0: One World, One Blood bone. absolutely. Um, a WOB. That's never catching on, is it? That's just never <laughs> going to be a thing.
2: Uh, this is a TikTok that you need to do, though. With, uh, everyone going like this.
0: <laughs> do you think we could get the kids in if we did that? One uh, maybe. World, One. I still can't make the Bs well. <laughs> I used to speak a little bit of a little bit of sign language. I, sadly, that was years ago. Um, so Malta and Eurobowl. Wow, that must be incredibly stressful organising one of the. For those that don't know, Eurobowl happens every two years.
2: Every year, except the year that World Cup happens.
0: Right. So when there's a World Cup, we don't do a Eurobowl. But other than that, there's a Eurobowl, and it Correct. is outside of the World Cup the biggest thing in the Blood Bowl calendar. Would you say?
2: I'm pretty sure it is. Yes, um, last Euro Bowl was in Wales in twenty nineteen twenty eighteen, because twenty nineteen was the World Cup, and I believe it had around three hundred and fifty players. So um, yeah.
0: Wow. So that's that's. I mean, the World Cup gets huge, but outside of that, that's as big as they get, isn't it? Just about.
2: Yeah. Yes, um, I believe the biggest numbers I've seen apart from that has been the Noft Championship with 220 and the uh, Revo Bowl in Spain with around the same numbers.
0: Wow, so you've got half as many again as the next biggest outside the World Cup. That's that's quite a responsibility. Um, how did you end up with it? That must have been a pain.
2: <laughs> well, um, Euro Bowl hosting rights goes... Basically, in, in order of who um, ranks highest in the Eurobowl, um, but excludes the ones that have already hosted to give all the nations the opportunity to host. Um, uh, there is some regulations, which is basically you need to have participated in the last two out of three Eurobowls and six out of the eight people need to be um, uh, residents or or citizens of the country i must say though that at euro bowl there is two concurrent tournaments running so there is euro bowl which is limited to one team per nation um, uh, teams of eight and there is at the same time in tandem the open running where it's not limited to any amount of teams uh, apart from the venue restrictions obviously Previously, it used to be limited to three people per team, and now we ha- are increasing that to four people per team.
0: Oh, wow. So the, that's the, called the Euro Open, isn't it? Correct. Which sits alongside the Euro Bowl. So the Euro Bowl is, okay. is an exclusive event, unlike the World Cup, where everyone can take a team. Um, it's not like the Football World Cup. It's not done on a nation's basis, no. the World Cup. The Euro Bowl is, uh, and as you're saying, it's teams of eight from all of the nations across. Is it just Europe that can send those teams in? Up
2: until 2018, it was limited to just Europe. We have decided um, in the last captain's meeting to um, open the invitation to um, nations outside of Europe for the simple reason that it's one world, one blood bowl, and why not allow the, um, um, all the nations participate? Obviously, though, the nations outside of Europe, the only clause with it, cannot win hosting
0: rights. Sure. So, I mean, that's that's the bit you're going to keep to in the name is that it is within Europe. It's a primarily yes. European competition, but just, there's no point letting the name limit who can turn up.
2: Yes, if you you know if um, so, if I can USA find six Argentinians
0: Australia. and two presumably Five. Welsh people, uh, I can bring Team Argentina to the to the Euro Bowl. Correct. Colin, are we tempting you? I'm not
1: 100 percent sure that someone who's uh, played zero tabletop tournaments has the connections to get a team together
0: <laughs> i think if you but, offer them tickets from america to malta you'll probably find people volunteer
1: yeah i'm not i'm not sure that i'm going to be covering anyone else's tickets okay. but that is cool no it is, i mean it is something that um someday i would like to get to a tournament in europe so you know long term yeah,
2: I'm pretty sure there's already a, an American team that's forming right now, and there's quite a few people interested from what last I've heard.
0: Well, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it, to really genuinely get someone across the Atlantic to come. Yeah. Um, now, what, um, sell, sell, just before we sell Malta, because I think that's where we want to start here, is why should people want to come to Malta? Uh, obviously to play Blood Bowl, but there must be other reasons. Um, I just want to check something, and Colin, I'm I'm sorry. And I know you're a smart and educated and beautiful man who I respect and love. Do you know where Malta is?
1: Well, I presume it's in Europe. But no, yes, I know where Malta is. It's an island um, out in the Mediterranean. It's just south of Italy.
0: See now, you might be thinking that all Americans are stupid, and there was no way he was getting that question right. But he did, didn't he? He nailed it. Take your prejudices and eat them. Um, there we are. Thank you very much for that. Um, so, why should we want to come to Malta?
2: Well, um, we're pushing the tournament as more than just a, a more than just a tournament. Um, it's a place where you can come, and uh, it's a holiday destination. At the end of the day. Um, we're famous for 300 days of sunshine, so you're you're very likely to. Um, hopefully, we'll have sunshine during the weekend. Um, um, you know, we, we, we normally we're still swimming in October, November time. Um, there's a lot to see when it comes to history. Our cuisine is extremely rich with influences from all around the Mediterranean. Um, I mentioned history already. We have the oldest freestanding structures in the world, and I could keep going on on about it. And this is the, the, the beauty of it. It's all within 36 by 16 kilometers. So it's it's a tiny, tiny island. Um, you can get from one end to the other in less than half an hour. Um, uh, You can be, I don't know, playing blood bowl, and uh, five minutes later, you're at the beach. And that's more or less the distance... Um, hopefully the hotel is going to have from the beach.
0: Because I did, I did Google map the um, the venue, and it does look to be, at first glance, on an industrial estate right in the middle of the island. Yeah, but that's, that's okay. not actually true, is it?
2: Um, it is partially true. Um, I must also reiterate that... Due to COVID and whatever, nothing is set in stone, Um, not even the dates we have set in stone. We are doing our best, because I've had a lot, a lot of requests, to finalise everything as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, I I was going to go there.
0: Is there an aspiration for those dates while we're on them? No one's going to hold you um, to it. We understand that COVID and regulations means you can't tell us the dates.
2: But no, no. Uh, up until a month ago, week, I would is have it? said no, no. Up until um, a month ago, I would have said you know it's like ninety percent certain that it's going to be those dates. However. Um, due to certain changes that we've had um, uh, there has been some reconsiderations which we are trying to finalize as soon as possible um, to get back to everyone most of the considerations that we're doing is basically vis-a-vis cost risk um, uh, uh, cost risk analysis obviously um, yeah. uh, to everyone we, we want to our main priority is number one to hold the event um, we we'd rather um, shave some stuff off and make sure we have an event rather than um, aim too high and, and, and it doesn't materialise, basically.
0: But if I was to say you were looking at autumn rather than summer, you wouldn't... No, bring... no,
2: it will it will definitely be towards the last weekends of October, beginning of November, okay. for so, sure.
0: Yeah, okay, so we, we've narrowed it to that sort of window. Back end of yeah. October, early November, somewhere, somewhere around, around there. there. Correct. Okay, Correct. so no one should be panicking about, oh my God, this is going on, I would love to go, but it's it'll be full up. Presumably, we haven't sold tickets yet.
2: No, we haven't sold any tickets. Nothing's gone for sale. Um, uh, I must, though, um, Euro Bowl will be first to be registered. So first, we have to allow for the registrations of Euro Euro Bowl teams, and normally there is between 20 to 24 teams, which we're expecting. Um, Then the open part will will, will open up. Poland, uh, when they had the registrations open for 2020, I think sold out their 350 tickets within a week. So we're doing our utmost to increase capacity as much as possible. Um, again, while still keeping into consideration that primarily our aim is to hold the event.
0: Yeah, to get it to actually happen and to keep people safe whilst yeah. they play Blood Bowl. But I mean, if you exactly. look at the demand there was for the World Cup, I mean, who knows? You could find that suddenly you get. 700, 800 people trying to get tickets. That wouldn't shock me.
2: Yeah. No, uh, it wouldn't either. Um, and we're, we're, we're doing our best for any eventuality.
0: Any idea what you're going to cap out as? Is there a maximum at the moment you're working towards? No. <laughs> okay, fine. I, I'm not going to put you too much on the spot with that. I'll put you on the spot with other things in a minute. Um, and look, Ethelred, uh, Colin, I don't know how interested in this you are. Feel free to come chiming in. You are still here, guys. Does it tempt you to head off to Malta for a, a nice long weekend of Blood Bowl?
3: Yeah, I mean, for me, massively. I mean, I love Malta. I've been a couple of times uh, with work, but it's always, it's always been a treat every time, you know. Um, usually you spend... When you work... When, when you travel... When you work internationally, it's like a treat because, you, you know, you go in places, but usually you see your customers at the hotel and that's it. But with Malta, it's, there's so, much, it's so beautiful just in the places. Mm. Like, you've got to get out there and, and see it. So, yeah, so... If I am free,
0: it's really, it's really tempting. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to Malta? Well, I mean, it's I, I, I've I've found I have been there once. It's the family I want to take. Um, I've actually found weirdly they they don't hate the English, which is quite a nice thing to find in Europe. <laughs> they actually sort of don't particularly mind us being there, um, and and also as you said, it's incredibly beautiful. The weather is outstanding, and even if you are staying right by this this place where you're playing Blood Bowl, the coast is is. You know, a stone's throw away, uh, and incredibly beautiful. And I would imagine most people will actually probably stay in one of the guest houses around the coast, and then travel, you know, in a car or a bus or whatever to get there and play their Blood bloodball. That would seem. To the
2: make idea sense. is to we we have a, this is definitely you know we we have this agreement already with, um, one of the local hotels which we're going to basically block out for, for bloodball players, um so they're going to have preferential rates and as well we're going to have shuttle buses. Direct and from um, the or any venue we we, we hold it um, uh, at, you know, directly from there. Obviously, everyone is welcome to book wherever they'd like, but um, it makes logistics much easier for themselves um, to have the shuttle bus with everyone.
0: And who wouldn't want to stay in a hotel with a lot of other middle-aged bearded Blood nerds? Uh, I mean, that pool scene is going to be hopping.
2: (laughs) With a pool that everyone can
0: jump in. There has to be a pool. I mean, that that surely is the law. Now, we have talked about the rule set. Uh, I don't know if uh, you can cast your eyes upon the screen, but this is the one I've found. Uh, there is one knocking around as a download, but I hope the one that is currently on eurobowl.eu. That's eurobowl.eu. Uh, and then as well as lovely things like a picture of the specific industrial estate. To be fair, it is in the middle of a beautiful park. Uh, but where you are expected to turn up in Malta, and as he said, it is right in the middle of Malta. Um, oh, hang on, I haven't, that's why that hasn't happened. There we go. So as you can see, that red flag is where we would be heading. It looks a lot like that, which I'm sure you can agree does look both beautiful and slightly like an industrial complex at exactly the same time. But if you do go to eurobol.eu and you click the word rules, you get this up. Um... Ginny, New, is this you or are you just standing in front of someone else's decisions here?
2: No, it is me and another two guys, um, uh, but um, I have been I have been heading the group, um, uh, so no, um, we we took the decisions together. Um, a shout out here to to Metal Malta and Rona and especially a lot of help um, and support um, while we're here to a lot of Italian guys and uh, Triple Skull and Loner. Um, uh, I think he's on the stream as well. That provided a lot of uh, feedback um, and anyone who sent in the tournament data because this is basically a lot of months of hard work to try and have um, as competitive a rule set as we can with all the requirements that, that, that were put, obviously.
0: Fantastic. Well, I mean, it, it definitely takes a village. Oh, and we are joined at exactly the right moment uh, by the delightful Andy Davos stream. Uh, so welcome to uh, to both of those people. Uh, we have already talked to to Bazakistine about the fumble tournament scene and also to Ethelred about some Blood Bowl Two leagues that he's running and about the scene over on the Rock Paper Shotgun uh, website and Discord and uh, sort of environment for league play that he runs. We're now talking to the lovely uh, Janinu about the Euro Bowl rules that is taking place in Malta, confirmed to be in the autumn, probably late October or early November in 2022. So that's where we're at. We are literally just about to have a look through the rule set, but as some people have fresh arrived, let me show you who you are listening to. Uh, I'm Purple Chest, of course. Uh, to that side of me is Janinu. Uh, directly above me is Ethelred. And up there in that corner, that's Bersakestein, the head of all tournaments on Fumble. Oh, no, I didn't... Oh, I keep doing that, don't I? <laughs> there we go. I did all the pointing right as well. So, that's Janine Yu, that's Ethelred, and that's Bersakistine. Hello! So, let's go back and let's have a little look at these rules, because I think that's probably what a lot of people are going to be interested in this evening. So, as I said, this is on uh, eurobowl.eu. And what they tell us is that, as uh, we've already heard, that for the Euro Bowl competition there will be a team of eight individuals. Uh, For the Euro Open, there will be teams of four. Um, You will each have to, of course, bring a different racial choice. So you're going to need at least eight if you're a national team, and at least four if you're coming to the Euro Open. Uh, And as we said, as has been already said to us, at least five coaches must come from the squad's nationality if you're representing a national team uh, by FIFA rules. A lot of people seem to be able to be Welsh if they choose to be. um, But I'm sure that's all legal and complying. Actual (laughs) team building. Here's the bit that people are going to care about. So it is, as has been widely predicted, the uh, 115 GP, which seems very common at the moment. Uh, We'll ask about that in a second. And is it just because Lizard players can't deal with the fact that they wouldn't be able to have exactly the same teams they would have done before the changes? Uh, It is... Resurrection, of course, no SPPs gained, so everything will be absolutely fine after Game 1 and ready for Game 2. Uh, permanent, and obviously anything that becomes alive because of Necromancers or uh, Plague, uh, will not be there for the next game. So unless they are <laughs> active and given to you in that game, then they disappear. Permitted Inducements is quite an interesting list. We've got Halfling Chefs, Bloodweiser Kegs, Bribes 0-3. Wandering Apothecaries, 0-2, as well as an Apothecary that you can roster. Mortuary Assistant, 0-1, and Plague doctor 0-1. Two instant things to talk about here, though. The first is that your bribes cannot be in, taken in a team with a player that starts with or is given the Sneaky Git skill. Bribes gained from Get the Ref are still allowed. Why can't my goblins have a Sneaky Git and a bribe?
2: Basically, um, so uh, to start off, um, let me rewind a little bit and go to the whole idea behind the rules. Okay, yep. sorry, let's and, start there. Before and, I start and, picking little holes, yeah. let's
0: talk to you about why have you come up with these rules, Jenny? you What are you trying to do? So,
2: Euro Bowl um, uh, is the number one competitive tournament that happens on an annual basis. We also understand, though, that the Euro Bowl rule sets gives birth to a lot of tournaments which, which use that for training. So um, in most countries, perhaps not in England as much, but in, in most other European countries, um, most of the tournaments that are run throughout the year use the Euro rule set um so we understand our responsibility that the 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 rule set needs to be um a bit more open rather than just super um uh, competitive the I, when we started working on the rule set we still did not have the the new rule book and our main aim was to increase the number of races that are normally seen at Euroball so traditionally at Euroball it was always the same maximum 10 races that used to be seen throughout all 20 nations. So you had um, England meeting Spain with with the same eight rosters, the same skills being given. And for us, um, that was slightly boring. We wanted to have um, more options available while still trying to retain a a, a competitive and not too random um, uh, outlay outlay to to the tournament. So that is the get-go and the basis for most of the decisions that we took. Um, um, <coughs> going forward from that the first hurdle that we had when the new ruleset came out was star players or no star players um, and that I think was the first bone that that we had to pick mm. due to the nature um, of how star players were handled in the new ruleset the special skills that they had the reduction in costs and uh, there was two issues. One, we found that, yes, star players were putting an element that, that was a bit too random. Specifically, I'm looking at you, Mighty Blow Plus 2, and I'm looking at you, Huck Flem and Griff. Um, those were the biggest headaches that we had, and I think we found a mechanic which which sort of balanced it out and 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 made it playable, because we were seeing that over 80 percent of the tournaments organized under the new rule set were using star players. So people wanted to play with star players, and and us not including them in our rule set would have would not be something that. So that's well. what I was going to ask. D-
0: the, so there was the option of just saying no star players. But you no, decided yes. you're going to let them in and try and balance them into the rule set.
2: That would have been the easy option because that's what most pl- people who normally participate at Euroball wanted. Um,. Uh, but uh, I believe it would have hurt the the, the, the scene more than it helped it um, uh, for, for the reasons I mentioned before. So we wanted to find a way where we can work them. And someone who wanted to take Morgan Torg with their halflings would still be able to, even if it's not competitive or whatever. But he wants Morgan Torg with his halflings and that's fine. You can take him. Um, uh, so, yeah, that that was the idea behind behind the star players. I don't I think want him to have
0: Morgan Torg with his halflings.
2: <laughs> well he's going to have quite you know, he's going to end up with like two skills I believe or something yeah. like that so so you know there's a, there's a big payoff for, for, for having um, uh, the mighty blow plus two included so.
0: so before we go back into the specifics of the rules um, I was talking with the lovely purple goo before this who as you know you know, comes with a bit of an agenda he used to run all tournaments for the NAF um, he asked a couple of very very tough questions the first yeah. one I think is, is worth talking about right now should this be on you? As this is, as you said, actually going to be the rule set used by quite a lot of tournaments across Europe, I would imagine, for the next year mm-hmm. until this tournament is run. Um, and it, in England it's the same. It won't be every tournament, but quite a lot will now run to Euro Bowl rules as soon as they know what they are. Yep. Should they be My... centrally handled by the NAF or should they be left to the organisers?
2: So let's start with why they have been handled by the organizers, and it's used to be because the reason we had was that every nation can put its flavor to 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 the rule set, and I agree with that. However, on the other hand, um, uh, I, I I do I'm a strong believer that there should be a central organization, be it enough, be it Euroball Committee, be it whatever, um, uh, centralized group you want to handle it that should handle this however and this is this is something that i underline if that is taken away from the host country then we also need to support the host country with taking care of all the scoring that's done because if we're doing the rule set and then telling the host country okay you need to organize the tournament with this i don't think that's fair i think if we're you doing the ruleset for the country then we need to go to the country and, and take care of the scoring the pairings that come up etc etc because that's also a big headache for the, for in my opinion that's, that's my biggest headache that was my biggest concern with running the tournament um, partially because I don't you know we want the tournament to run as smoothly as possible but if the committee decides to implement x or y then how, uh, how why do i need to implement it do you understand what okay. i mean okay
0: yeah no I, that makes sense so if they're taking away your power to decide how the rules are going to be then implementing and scoring those rules should also be part of that whoever's doing correct. that yeah
2: correct and um, then i'm i'm very happy that that anyone can do it yeah
0: i think you've got four very sympathetic you've got three very sympathetic faces here i think everyone on this particular one world one blood Bowl uh, would call themselves an admin to some level uh, and is aware of just how demanding uh, people can be when it comes to giving them what they say they want uh, and often didn't, shouldn't really have. Um, okay, so we've got a rule set. Are you happy with it? Are you, in your heart, are you thinking, this is, we've done well here?
2: Yes, we understand that this is, Probably in three years' time, we'll look back, or two year, or a year's time, or after, immediately after the Euro Bowl, we'll look back and say, oh, we should have done this, we should have done this. But we also understand this is the first biggest tournament that's going to be held under the new rules. And, uh, we, you know, we definitely we will not get it perfect. But I think I'm, I'm extremely happy, especially knowing where we started from with this rule set and where we have released it now, um, um, yes, I am extremely happy with, with what we're releasing.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've basically had about a year to try and find a meta, grab it, and put it into a rule set, haven't you? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. It's not been easy, but but with the help of a lot of data from from um, especially I forgot to to give a big shout out to Sun to Mike Davies um, uh, with 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 his stats that has been extremely extremely helpful.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge Mike Davies fan, which is why we had him on One World One Blood Bowl several episodes ago, and I desperately want yeah. to have him back. If there's one man that I really trust with the statistical underlying trends of Blood Bowl, uh, it's Mike, and he's fantastic at that, and very very positive and very. You know forthcoming with them. Um, I do want to go back to having a, look at, a little look at some of these rules though, and I want to, to make a couple of them yeah. clear. Um, so, there's a couple of things I just wanted to talk about. So, let's go back to my question. I was too angry uh, and I didn't let you sneaky say what we agreed bribe. you were going to say. So, now I'm going to say it.
2: Why <laughs> can't
0: my goblins have a bribe and a sneaky game? So, what's wrong with that? Why do you hate what?
2: What, what we have seen is um especially a lot of from the competitive side we don't want to have a dice the game being decided on a on a on a on a you're going to tell me isn't that the whole point of the game but um uh, with certain stunt teams it feels too random and uh, sneaky get okay. and bribe. Um, basically, when you have sneaky get um, a bribe with dirty player, you're committing. Uh, I, I think, off the top of my head, it was an average of 11 fouls before you're sent off. And when you have dirty player plus one, or in certain situations, dirty player plus two, if you, for example, we've seen rosters inducing Lord Borak. Um, that is crazy. That is something that that, that just threw the meta off with, with the same reasoning that we had Mighty Blow Plus
0: 2. So the reason you've hurt my goblins is because of all those toxic elf teams running around with sneaky get fouling people. That's what I'm hearing.
2: All those the hooligan uh, Lord Borak being introduced in Chaos Renegades, so uh, there's been quite a number of reasons. But I can yes. still but take my, easy. I can still have
0: my hooligan and my bribes. I just can't put Sneaky Git on. Them. Yeah,
2: correct.
0: Okay, so I've still got options. I just don't have the best ones. Correct. <laughs> All right, I'll live with it. Um, now there is someone. <laughs> he's mad. It's called Strider. Um, he's Swiss. So we can't call him mad too often because obviously he's got all our gold. Um, but he's wondering why Ogre's can't have their riotous rookies.
2: Well, um, riotous rookies was becoming a problem with the swarming rule set and with, 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 with those teams. And yeah. again, for exactly the same reason. In fact, we introduced this change riotous rookies being removed at the same time that we removed. Um, uh, Okay. Sneaker get on. So, so, so it's yeah. the same
0: thing. We feel that they're unbalancing games and making them all about that one dynamic. Correct. Okay. Um, let's just go back to the rule set because uh, I don't want to read them through. Give everyone a, a chance if they're not people that can read or, or that enjoy that to, uh, to know what we're talking about and what's going on here. So. Um, other than that, it's all fairly normal. We have five tiers, uh, which is probably fairly standard nowadays in, in most NAF events. A lot obviously have the three that are in the rulebook, but more people tend to separate them out slightly wider into five tiers. Um, and then you have skill packs that you can add based on which tier uh, you, your team comes from. And you have, as, uh, as was explained to us by Janine, you, you have star player availability, but it costs you skills so Griff, Oberwald, and Morganthorg cost you three primary skills to add to your team. Uh, Deeproot, Hack, Phlegm, Creek, and Wilhelm Chaney cost a primary skill. And everyone else, you still have to buy the ability to have skills to, get, to have stars to get them available in the first place. Now, those tiers are tier one. We have Chaos Dwarf, Dark Elf, Dwarf, Lizardmen, Orcs, Shambling Undead, and Wood Elf. I think my tone of voice has given away my question here. And you can either have six primary skills or four primary and a secondary or three primary and an access to one star. Now, of course, your star might also cost you three primaries, so you might have no skills but access to one star. Um, Correct. Or zero skills and access to two stars, and that way, of course, you couldn't afford any of the ones that cost extra skills. Um, That's fairly normal. Uh, Most of the teams there aren't going to surprise people. Chaos Dwarf, Dark Elf, Dwarf, Lizard Men, Shambling Undead, Wood Elf, no surprises at all and also Orcs. Recently downgraded by Games Workshop to Tier 2, are you happy to say that you think you know better than Games Workshop?
2: Yes. <laughs> we have seen that in the Fair competitive enough, scene, argue with <laughs> they have, with the increase in their movement, they have really, really, really gained a lot. Um, yeah. And I have seen a lot of top, top, top players that have been doing some extraordinary stuff with them. Um the the big ones that have gone up to movement 5, has improved their game. Um, The game has we have also seen that the game has moved slightly towards uh, a bit of a Bashir meta Um, uh, and and we believe that orcs have gained um, uh, more than they've lost being downgraded to tier 2 for sure.
0: Okay, I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, Ethored, Colin, Games Workshop have moved orcs down to tier 2. Eurobowl has put them as Tier 1. Who, whose side are you on?
2: Eurobowl.
3: Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, I don't think GW will even look at stats, do they? So they probably rolled a dice and bang radio for that
0: reason. <laughs> okay, so we're all happy to say that we agree that Juninho knows orcs better than Games Workshop does. Amazing. Leading yes. him training only in the wake of Cyanide, who, as we all know, know Blood Bowl better than any of us.
1: Well, Absolutely.
0: There was an article, I believe, in PC Gamer or something, which claimed that it was it was horrific and distressing to lots of people. Um, the
1: foremost experts on the game.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so that's Tier 1. <laughs> tier 2 is uh, Amazon, Humans, Necromantic Horror, um, reasonably high pricing for placing for them, Norse, Skaven, and Underworld cropping in at Tier 2. So that's a respond to the current meta, isn't it? They get seven primaries or five and a secondary or four and a star or one and two stars. I suppose the obvious quick question there is Underworld. Are you happy with where you've placed them, Ginny you
2: Yes, we've even had people pushing us to put them in Tier 1. But Well, that's I, why I I'm asking they... you.
0: Do you think Tier 2 is the right spot?
2: Yes, yes. I think um, uh, they perform decently, especially with the last FAQ and the change that there was to the swarming rule um, that further cemented. Uh, I I would actually, with the change to the swarming rule, um, rethink if it's tier two or tier three, but uh, erring on the side of caution, um, uh, we decided to leave them on tier two.
0: Yeah, plus they're not exactly being underrepresented at tournaments right now, are they? So I'm, I'm not unhappy with that at all. Oh, no. Oh, my unhappiness is yet to come. So, uh, we go back for Tier 3. Here we find the Black Orcs, the Chaos Chosen, Elven Union, Imperial Nobility, corn, Nurgle, Slaan, and Tomb Kings. They get seven primaries and a secondary, or five and two, or five primaries and an access to a star, or two primaries and access to two stars. I did not think I mentioned it. I should mention you can drop, swap your secondary for stacking two primaries. Um, so if you stack, you can stack once on one player, two primaries, but the second stack skill has to be costed as if it's a secondary um I suppose my big question here I'm only gonna really allow myself one per tier is slan um they don't exist do they are we are you happy to bring in the naf ruled slan? Do you think they're gonna be yes. a competitive state?
2: Yes, and I think. I think they are one of the biggest winners together with orcs. Uh, I think they have been underplayed in the new rule set. I have played a bit with them. Um, I have played, to be fair, necromantic vampires, Slun, um, mostly this this rule set, and Slun has been one of my favorite. The multiple rerolls per turn, they are one of the biggest winners in it. Um, yeah, I was going to uh,
0: say, so you can pick your turn, and you can throw all your rerolls at that exactly. one super move, can't you?
2: Yeah. So and your three with plus the, is
0: a bit less frightening.
2: The wood elves having their nerf to the leap. They are the only ones who can effectively play that game, basically.
0: How dare you, have you not heard of a goblin pogo? All I'm hearing is goblin hate this evening, and it's distressing. <laughs> um okay, so let's uh, let's just stick with this and then we will come back to all of us chatting. Um back in tier four now, we've got Chaos Renegades, uh, Old World Alliance, Vampires. So these are the also rands of races, aren't they? And high elves. What? Yeah. What? But 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 that's but that's high elves. I I like high elves. High elves—they're a nice race. Why have you put high elves there? Don't you love high elves? We do, and that's why we put them
2: there because we want to see a bigger representation of them. We want to see them play the competitive level, which they have rarely ever been. Do you think they need um, as much as
0: vampires? Is that what you're saying?
2: Vampires, I think that the, they're the. Have you played vampires, in the Nero? I've
0: faced them. They're awful. <laughs> I mean, I faced them, and for half the game, I didn't know what the hell I could do. For the other half of the game, they just fell apart.
2: Yes, um, in 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 offense, they're they're okay, but in defense, it's it's a, it's very difficult to face them due to how hypnotic gaze works, how and savagery works. They just open up everything very easily, and it's it's a very different ball game with vampires. Um, uh, we, we, we felt that there's a big nerf to um, elves across the board and I believe high elves are now going to be well represented um, also high elves have always suffered from um, lack of skills and this is the only way to compensate for that
0: yeah no look I, I, as a lover of high elves it's, it's interestingly sexy to me the idea of being able to maybe justify taking a high elf team to a an yeah. major tournament um, and certainly I'd want to mock some teams up and have a look at what you could do with them tiered so low um, so it's that inst- was the whole
2: point between what we thought for the rule set. We wanted people to not look at the rule set and say, okay, it's Undead, Dark Elves, Wood Elves, Lizardmen, Dwarves, Chaos Dwarves. It's the same eight, ten races. Looking at this rule set, I believe you really need, the captains for all the nations need to um, draft 16 races then that they, they then choose eight from.
0: Okay, and so then for my final tier, let's just go and have a little quick look back at the, the stunty tier. The one that you're clearly not expecting anyone to bring, because you've uh, given them much. I don't think so. So we've got goblins, halflings, ogres and snotlings, and they get eight primaries and two secondaries, or six primaries and three secondaries, which I think would tempt me. Or if you want a star, you only get six primaries and access to a single star, or three primaries and access to two stars. So... Um, I I mean, six primaries and three secondaries is kind of tempting. Put some block on your goblins and your trolls, but I'd really want a star alongside it. Do you, are you yep. seriously thinking you're going to get some some stunty players along? Other than obviously, yes. is there a stunty award for the best stunty? Mm
2: haven't thought exactly about the war. haven't got that far um uh, i don't think so since it's a team event i must also highlight one thing that in your team you can only pick your star player once so there can only be one griff one morgan torg etc etc so that's that's so each an important nation can only
0: bring them once.
2: correct and the same for your open in your team of four and um, well, that's quite uh, cool. Uh, I, I must highlight that Griff uh, Ogres is something that is extremely terrifying to face. Um, uh, halflings, there's quite a few options for them. Snotlings and Goblins, I must admit, it's a, it's a bit less appetizing, especially with the knives that we had to do with. with
0: yeah, it's very, uh, very tough to come up with a rule set that, that serves all of the races equally and makes them all competitive. Um, yeah. But that's what you said you tried to do. Think you've got there? We, I think we've pushed the
2: selection up from uh, ten to to close to between a sixteen and a twenty competitive races. But yes, we do understand that we can't have everything competitive.
0: Um, what What do uh, you secretly think people are going to be surprised by? How many there will be of them, and how well they'll do? What's your? Let's pick your brain. What What do you think is going to be the dominant race that people aren't expecting?
2: The Fogers, for sure. I think it's uh, it's you know you just give the ball to Griff and let him do his work. Um, uh, and necromantic without without I think necromantic have really gained a lot with 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 the rates and and yeah. uh, how they work out. Um, uh, those two uh, vampires I just like them. I don't think they'll be surprising people, but but I yes I do like. Um, vampires. But I think, yes, Ogres with Griff is the... I would probably pick them if I would be captaining Team Moto.
0: Now, is this fixed and done? Is there any changes to this now, or is it done?
2: With the only loop, the only open part we left is the FAQ in May. We reserve the right to include, not include, or otherwise, any, any, any parts of uh, the FAQ as presented in May.
0: But if there's any spikes coming out between now and then... No. Okay.
2: No star players the new ones that have just been announced unfortunately they won't be included. We had to do a cut off date and say listen from here on you need to work with this to give people time to train and and prepare.
0: And the standard rules are in place aren't they in that um you're expected to have I mean I'm going to call it three four colours and based but it's it's pretty much that isn't it. Different there there's a few little painting rules in there that say please actually have painted teams. Uh, And there is an idealized, you know, if you are skill banding, try and use these colors. If you're painting bases, try and use these colors. Um, People will ignore that, but some people won't. So mostly people will, and a few people won't. So I like the way that's been done. Um, But there is a couple of other just things I wanted to quickly discuss. The first one is 2 hours and 15 for a game. Are you confident that you can get it all done in that time? That seems very tight to me. The problem with two hour
2: and 30 is that the tournament ends up taking forever. And uh, typically in a tournament as big as Eurobowl, you do expect some delays here and there with pairings or, or whatnot. So um, we don't want to be playing up until late in the evening, uh, especially because, you know, we're here for, for to enjoy ourselves apart from playing as well. So So... That part is important as well. And we feel, feel I mean, I don't know. I feel, I'm, I'm not the one to talk about this because I feel always finish my games in an hour, hour and a half maximum. So,
0: Yeah, I am. Um, I don't. I mean, I've talked about this before. Uh, I, I often find that I, I've actually started sneaking a chess clock in on my phone. I got so paranoid that I was slow. And I, I did some secret timing of a couple of games of mine, and it turned out I was only using about a third of the time available, and my opponent was often using quite a lot, which I took as a compliment I, uh... that perhaps I was setting them challenges, or perhaps they just you know, loved looking at my beautiful face. But I believe you're making chess clocks available within the rule set somehow. That's that's
2: uh, what I was double-checking, because I, pre- whenever I do a rule set, I always include the fact that anyone can implement a chess clock from the get-go. It's not mandatory, but if you want to put a chess clock in, feel free. It's fair for everyone. No one has to get offended or, or, or feel intimidated or anything, but it's only fair that if you believe that time should be split equally, then, then you just put the chess clock down. Um, however, we, Shouldn't we time do... be split
0: equally? Shouldn't chess clocks be mandatory?
2: Um, uh, No. Uh, uh, and the only reason I say no, because I even when I play with an extremely slow player... I still allow them to take as long as they want, just because I will be making up for it the rest of the time. But it, I understand that's you know that's why I've left it open that for anyone who wants to put a chess clock, that just happens.
0: So Colin, um, Ethelred, let me bring you in here. You sit down at the Euro Open, um, I presume it would be the Euro Open or Euro Bowl, and someone sits down opposite you. Do you pull out a chess clock or not? Is that something you can morally do? Yeah, I could definitely right.
1: morally
0: do it? Doesn't it make you a try harder? I mean, yeah, but I'm fine with that. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean it's my it's my first TT coming up, um, and I'll probably will be slower than usual. But even then, if there's a chess chessbot, that'd be fine. I, I, again, I'm one of those coaches that hates their opponent taking all four minutes, uh, especially when I play online. So I'm really impatient, and it puts me off my game. So, yeah, I've got chess clocks all the way for me. I'm surprised, as, as a newcomer into TT, I'm surprised it's not mandatory anyway. To be
0: honest. Well, that's why I ask. I mean, I I if it was mandatory, then I'd have a chess clock there, which would be great. If it's not mandatory, then I've got to be a dick and say I want to use a chess clock. Because <laughs> I really secretly quite do...
2: No, we we this is what we don't want to have. We you know we want people to feel. That's why we included. Because normally this is not included. We included it for exactly that reason. That we want people to feel comfortable saying. Listen, um, I would like a chess clock. It's also written there that we can have it. You know, so so want people to feel comfortable doing it. We don't want to have it mandatory. Um, because if I, you don't want to use it, then don't.
0: So I'm going to be one of those guys who and goes right. So we're using a chess clock, and I want to roll your dice, and I'm going to lick them. I mean, is that, is that who... <laughs> I've always... People have heard me talk about it before, the story about the guy with 200 dice, and he rolled each one once, and I just so wanted to start rolling random ones from his two piles. But I'm I'm just not enough of a dick. Um, I know some people that are, though. Now, there is one final big problem I've got with this rule set, because I think it's terribly exciting. I, it's You've got to take some choices. Some of those have been tough, uh, and everyone here has built rule sets, We know how tough it is and how there's always one race that you think, ah, no one's going to bring that one, and oh God, maybe I've given them too much. So moving on from all of that, and the tournament itself, which I understand there's some bits of it still have to be up in the air, but everyone's going to be thrilled about this. Everyone wants to go to a Euro Bowl. It's been years since we've had one for various reasons, mainly COVID and the huge amounts of death. Um, So understandably, we've been hesitant. But I've got a big problem, and I, I can only be honest with you. Do you know what this is?
2: the dice cup
0: this is my first ever dice cup from the first tabletop tournament I went to it says here in faded letters because I've loved it and held it so much UKTC4 and I still roll all of my blood bowl dice in my dice cup where's my gift Janine you where is my gift tell me there's going to (laughs) be gifts or I'm not coming where's my gift
2: we have announced a special collaboration with Rebo Games, and that's as far as I can get.
0: There'll be gifts? Of course.
2: <laughs> we wouldn't... I think, you know, if you look at miniatures and uh, you can safely say that Grebo Games put out some of the most beautiful looking Blood Bowl miniatures available... This is something that's high on our agenda, so you can rest assured that there will be um, goodies
0: um, for Eurobol. Fantastic! Um, look, that's that's really all I wanted to ask about. To talk the rule set through, give you a chance to talk up Malta and Eurobol, which I hope will be a huge and hugely successful event. Uh, just to let everyone know, it is the new year, and here we are looking at. Um, 20 Phoenix, were you my first ever opponent? If you played me in the very first game I played up at the UK TC4, then yes, you're my first ever opponent in a tabletop game of Blood Bowl. I had played a warm up game of Blood Bowl on tabletop against PW, but we didn't actually finish it because I was beating him so badly in the second half he got grumpy. Um, so that was the first game of Blood Bowl I ever played to its conclusion. Could I please ask, within the limitations to star players, do you consider an alteration to the two-for-one special rule as it applies to Grack and Crumbleberry and the Valen twins? So do they count as one or do they count as two?
2: I think rulebook says two, so it's two. So we're, not, we're sticking with the rule book on this.
0: Okay, so Grack and Crumbleberry, you need to have the skill set bought, the package where you can have two stars, and then you can bring okay. Grack and Crumbleberry along. Okay, excellent. Um... Yeah, exactly. So Corn Knight is dropping in when what we know about the dates, which will be sometime in the autumn, looking at the back end of October or November. But, you know, as I don't need to tell anybody here, you've lived it, I've lived it, and the fact that you're here means we have lived it, and many people haven't. It's a rapidly evolving world. Um, At the moment, most of the virus strains are heading in the right direction. That's great, but it doesn't mean they all will, doesn't mean we won't get a a worse variant and suddenly the whole world could stop again, uh, or worse. So, Let's stay hopeful, let's stay positive. You know, it, it's a new year, let's look for those new opportunities. Let's stretch our horizons and try some new things. But let's also be aware of each other and kind to each other and just aware that, you know, Jardim come on, he's, he's putting himself out there, they're organising a huge thing that could at any day just be told this can't happen. Uh, yeah. And I really respect the effort you've put into that. Uh, and that must be really stressful, mate. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think the whole of Blood Bowl would say a big thank you. Uh, and it, whether it happens or not, we hugely appreciate the effort that you're putting in. You and the team, thank of course. You. Yes. Okay. Um, I, there's nothing else I really want to do. So I, I feel we've done what I wanted to do, which is say Happy New Year. Ethelred, come on in. Hello.
2: Um,
3: yeah. So, as I said, first TT this weekend coming up. Any Excellent. advice? Any, anything I should take? What, what do you guys think or chat think
0: for me? Um, my- yeah, Janino, let's bring you in. You're a tabletop man Thank like myself, you. a little bit. What should he be thinking? His first ever tabletop event.
2: So the first thing is you need to get cash for beer. For you and for your opponent. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, this is you know this is the essence of why we go there. Yeah. Make sure you drink loads of beer. You enjoy. Um, and 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 as I've been to a lot of tournaments um, in England and, and the atmosphere has always been amazing. Um, from a game perspective, just you know, make sure that you're sticking to the time. I don't know what ruleset you're going to be using, so um, from, from from that perspective over there. I don't
3: know, to be honest, but it'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine.
0: Um, I would suggest that make sure that Corn Knight's giving you some bits and bobs as well as just your team. <laughs> um, you need reroll markers, you need turn markers, you need yeah. score markers. It's amazing the number of little bits you need to put along the side of the pitch as well as the team you put on the pitch.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think a dice cup. Um, I yes. also swear by a dice tray because I yeah. can then say to my opponent it'll be rolled in the cup. If it comes out of the cup, it doesn't count. It'll be turned up on the tray. If it bounces out of the tray, it doesn't count. And that oh, way yeah. there's because... never any debate about whether my dice is a legal dice or a not legal dice. And they don't roll all over the pitch and destroy all the pieces.
3: Yeah, I, I bought some casino dice, and I bought a dice tower for Christmas. Oh, well, I've got it for Christmas, so uh, that's
0: in preparation for that. God, can we all, do we all agree? I mean, Colin, dice towers are for nerds, aren't they? That's that's a step too far.
1: I mean, I have no idea what a nice, dice tower is, so I can't really come. It's literally
0: a tower. You put the dice in at the top, they bounce around in it, and they come out at the bottom on a little tray okay. showing you what the, what the result is. Oh, we're going to see one. <laughs>
2: I got one for Christmas as well. <laughs> oh fantastic. Okay.
0: And mostly they are yeah. decorated as if they are on, you know, the corner of a blood bowl field in yeah, no, pseudo um... sci-fi medieval times. I'm never sure exactly when blood bowl is set. It's got chainsaws sure. so it I can't have be dice, medieval to be times. honest. <gasps> Shocking.
1: Shocking. Um, I have black dice that I got from Christer.
0: My quest blocking. continues. I want to get a proper dice fetishist on this show. Mainly so I can show him some of my extremely rare dice and see if they're worth anything to him. You know, that's, that's the sole, <laughs> sole reason. Um, but I love them okay. too. They're part of our world, Etherin.
3: I want to get some um, casino blocking dice, and I've got cash waiting. So if anyone can send me a link, I'm, I'm buying the
0: same. <sighs> um, there is a thing, isn't there? That people say that people that love dice and casino dice say that the dice we use in Blood Bowl aren't balanced there's too much crap printed on them or dug out of them and that really we need to use proper dice um, and we don't Um, but then when you've seen people that roll dice by putting them on their hand and plopping them then you know you start to insist on use a fucking car, use a fucking tower Um, because they're definitely not cheating it's just a habit they're in uh, anything else from the chat? I Sorry, I haven't had someone in chat tonight. Uh, the lovely KFO was going to be in there and then leap into the stream and talk about anything that had cropped up in the chat that I've missed. Uh, but rather selfishly, he's decided to go skiing as French, France is letting uh, British citizens and British residents back in. So he isn't there to do that for us this evening. Uh, the Dice Tower came from a discussion as to what Ethelred might need if he ever went to do tabletop, which he's going to go and do next weekend. Um, if you've got the latest rule set, I would take the cheat sheet from that, Ethelred. I think that can be really handy. Um, other than that, yeah, a positive attitude, um, a big smile, and the ability to lose and not mind. It's Don't be afraid to ask. You'll be amazed if you've mainly played computer games, how much of the game you think you understand you really don't understand. Um, from, you know, what are the first five things you do when you sit down to play a game of Blood Bowl? I'm reasonably certain you wouldn't necessarily get them in the right order Um, i rarely do so just be prepared to to listen and, and learn and it'll be quite stressful but fun fairly quickly it'll start to all make sense i promise um now i did promise right before we started i did tell these guys that as well as all of these discussions which i knew would have us in little pockets i wanted to talk about 22 so what are our aspirations for 22 let's let's end on a positive note what are we hoping for in our lives or our Blood Bowl in, ni- in 2019? Wow, that shows how old I am. In 2022, uh, let's start with the interestingly poised on my screen and frozen Ethelred. Or not. Let's start with Bersakistine. Well, what blood are you looking forward to? What are your aspirations and hopes for you and Blood Bowl in 2022? Um,
3: okay, sorry to jump in. Um... Uh, Colin, um, I I want to do well this first TT. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and I want to finally win a season with my Dark Elves in OTC
0: even on. Okay, that's that seems fair. Have some fun, but also achieve some success. Uh, Colin, what's what are you looking forward to in 22?
1: Well, as far as uh, Blood Bowl goes, I'm looking forward to getting involved in the tabletop scene a little bit, and then. Uh, I need to beat Happy Crew in a league championship game tomorrow night. That, that would be ideal, um, that, would, that would get it off to a good start. And then just like life-wise, just uh, you know, trying to get everything. St- I need to get a car, I guess. But besides that, just trying to build some more stability and um, see if I can, if things continue to clear up with COVID, maybe take a few trips.
0: Didn't you have a car until really quite recently?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, i had, <sighs> like, you know, um, less than seventy-two hours ago, I had a car. It worked great. Now uh, it's never going to run again. So,
0: sorry, that was way too soon for that inappropriate joke. But that's oh, me no, it's
1: ever. it's great. I don't really mind. It happens. Uh, not my fault. Can't control other well, people. Look, so yeah, not going to dwell on it.
0: Most importantly, that you're all right. You know, there's stuff I like in my oh, life. Yeah. But if all the stuff I have just dis- destroyed tomorrow, as long as the people I care about are fine, then that's it's just stuff. It can always be replaced or ignored. Janine, you, I, I have a feeling I know where this may go. Can you think beyond <laughs> Eurobowl and Malta and 2022? Do you have any personal goals?
2: Yes, I have a lot of personal goals. <laughs> this year is looking like it's going to be a bit of a crazy one for me. Um, moving houses, buying a house. So so there's, there's um, some on that front. Uh, travel more, hopefully, finally get to travel. Before COVID, I used to go to like 10 to 12 foreign Blood Bowl Tournament here, so I really, really, really miss that. Um, uh, Blood Bowl was the means for me to explore new places, meet new people, and and uh, discover new cultures and, and, and stuff like that, so that is something that um, I miss and I want to hopefully try and get back to as much as possible. But other than that, it's a lot focused on the Eurobowl this year. We're hoping that um, we organise a successful tournament uh, that will be enjoyable for a lot and we want to get the community back together, you know, because Eurobowl is where we, you meet old friends and, and um, you know, it, it will make us very happy.
0: Yes, it's, it's amazing the number of people I can walk into a room and I recognise or I know And then all the ones I think I don't, I hear their names or I see the names if they've got those football shirts on, and I go, oh, actually I do know those ones as well. (laughs) Suddenly you realise there's times you do realise that you're part of a community in blood bowl that's bigger and stranger and odder and more global than you perhaps realise when you sit at home clicking a mouse button and piling on all men's Um, fun as that can be. You know, there's just there's a lot of blood bowl out there outside of that. Um, personally, I'm hoping that uh, that we can continue the success of One World, One Blood Bowl. I like talking to people about Blood Bowl. I hope to keep doing it. Uh, I hope we do ones about all sorts of things. Um, someone just happened to hit two episodes and said, it's great that you're doing a, a Blood Bowl podcast all about mental health. I've seen the one about mental health, and I've seen the one about diversity. And I went, yeah, but there's actually loads about other things too. Um, I'm passionate about those things, but I'm also passionate just about Blood Bowl. Uh, I want to do an episode about dwarves. I want to do an episode about orcs. I want to do an episode about um, why the Scots aren't particularly good at Blood Bowl. So there's all sorts of things. And some of them are about (laughs) inclusivity. Some of them are joking. (laughs) I love playing Scottish people at Blood Bowl because they're not going to beat me. And it's always a great time. Um, So I want to do all sorts about all areas of Blood Bowl whilst having some fun at the same time. I don't want them all to be serious. But I do want to be serious about the fact that it's a game and that we should be having fun and we're all in this together. Um, anything, well, got anything else they want to drop in before we say a final good night? Well, look, thank you guys for joining me on One World, One Blood Bowl, Episode 8. That was us. Thank you, and good night. Uh, I will try and raid you Bye. in somewhere. Let me see if there's anywhere appropriate for you all to go. Ooh, the lovely Artemis Black, or Inarian. Um Of the two, I think probably Inarian. Let's send you to someone who uh, everybody seems to love. Okay, that should be firing off in just a second. So as it does... um, I'm going to stop the stream, but I just want this raid to go first. There we are. Otherwise it doesn't go. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye-bye, everybody.